Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Two-Legged Lou. I mean, he's... He's not wrong, but... Two I mean, legs. You got two legs. I, I'm really glad you didn't go three-legged. <laughs> three-legged Lou. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blessed like that, unfortunately. <laughs> Shout out to all of you that are. <laughs> all right. Well, crazy. All right. Um, let's get into this episode. This uh, is a pretty, pretty uh, important topic, um, but we're going to talk about some ways that Lou and I do vocal pitch correction. Now, pitch correction is really important, and I think it's important to declare a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of uh, what do you call it? Disclosure here that um, the the podcast is, and Lou and I are both um, sponsored by AutoTune and Terrace. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about that. There are other options, but um, actually, specifically. We think that AutoTune is objectively the best. Yeah. But that's also based on like history and it's been around the longest since the sound that most people are used to. Um, it's the algorithm that most people kind of can tell, right? And yeah. um that being said, there's a lot of other options out there. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how we use AutoTune or how we use Melodyne even or even other tuning softwares um in relation to uh, as far as far as like workflow goes as far as expectation with clients and things of that nature so mm-hmm. how does that sound Lou I think that's a good idea so we're gonna get into this episode and start off with let's start with the recording process the very very beginning of vocal tuning Lou uh, we both have done a lot of vocal recording mm-hmm. and um, what is your personal process for getting good takes is it difficult for you to tell the artist to redo that take again if they're out of tune not really um i've gotten used to the idea of like working with artists that honestly are good singers and they want you to tell them you know like that was a bad take um but they don't want to hear good singers they want to hear yeah they want you to say like hey let's get that one again it was just a little sharp it's like okay you know and then there's singers that like they hear that like oh um okay yeah let me try because like some artists just have a harder time being in tune naturally maybe they're newer maybe they just 
are singing in a range that's not fully their own, you know? And I think that's kind of a big part of uh, understanding whether you're using the right style tuning, um, understanding one's vocal range. You know, some people can actually sing like, I don't know, I'm not a music theory guy, but let's just say C3, you know? Uh, if you can go that high, great. If you can't and you're pushing it, you might need a little more tune to kind of keep you centered. So like understanding the record and the vocalist it will let you know how much tuning you need and their genre style. You know, if you're doing Tory Lanes, then it's set that bitch to zero, you know. But um, if you're doing somebody like uh, like everybody knows, like whenever I'm working with like Keisha, um, she would rather you turn it off because sometimes uh, the scale is what's messing you up, you know. And once again, knowing the record and the singer, um, Keisha likes to do like incidental notation, like in jazz, where like you find the note that's outside of the scale, but still within the scale technically. Um, and if the autotune doesn't have the ability to do that or you don't know how to like do custom scales. Accidentals. Sorry. Yeah, accidentals, accidentals. not incidentals. You infidel. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> infidentals. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. But um, honestly speaking, like, it's one of those where, like, if if um, if you know the artist style, it's a little bit easier to kind of just communicate, like, hey, that was just a little bit off without it being like, oh, it's just the wrong style of tuning. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you're talking about, like, also auto-tune while recording as well. Yeah. Um, which we've heard Tizio talk about how he uses an aux track to commit mm -hmm. his auto-tune with Chris Brown. Yep. When he tracks with Chris Brown, although he's probably a little bit too busy to be tracking with him all the time now. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's just I think it's super duper important. I think that most artists are actually paying for your expertise, and it would be, um, it would be, I, mean, I feel like they're the artists are often paying for your expertise and wanting to know when you think the song wasn't the best that it could be. Yeah. So it's like they want to know, hey, you could do that better. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of knowing the artist and knowing their skill, but it also takes a lot of patience. I have one client where um, he is not the best singer, but he can stay on pitch. Mm -hmm. And even if it takes 10 to 20 times per line, we will take it there. And yeah. then at the end, um, we're going to we're going to figure out a way to make it sound good. And and if there's some part of a line that's like, we've done 10 takes and he's just not getting that one note, it's slightly out of range or he's, if he gets that one right, then he gets another one wrong. If, if it's something like that, then I'll say, Hey, let me try this. And he, we have a relationship where he allows me to edit it right in front yeah. of his face. Yeah. I feel like, Hey, like, and I'll like go like graph mode on auto tune or I'll do like, um, uh, uh Melodyne or Melodyne or something yeah. like just for that note. And then even do destructive, like on yeah. Pro Tools, I'll do like a permanent change rather than through a plugin or a temporary change. And um, that will be like, and he'll prove it like, okay, that sounds good. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, and we'll keep going from there. I think the, the recording stage is probably the most important part. Melodyne is super cool, but if you're wondering why, um, movies like the new Beauty and the Beast or what's that carnival one? Oh, greatest um, showman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why the singing in those movies kind of suck is because of uh, Melodyne. It's because of all of the tuning. It really rips the life force out it of the vocals. It makes it too perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's truly imperfections that make music amazing. Um, and 
Call it a character sucker. You took the character out of the vocalist. Yeah, for real. And yeah. I think that that's what, that's why you want to get the right take. It's not because, it's not because you can't fix it afterwards. It's because, I mean, just watch Beauty and the Beast. Like yeah. Emma Watson singing. It's just like, ah, oh, it's genuinely like painful. Um, versus like, if you listen to like any Michael Jackson record, it's, yeah. it's, or Stevie Wonder record or like any of these other vocalists where they're slightly off and that's what makes them so great. Just any genre. Like I grew up listening to rock and in rock, like autotune is just, I'm not saying completely frowned upon. It's, it's very prominent nowadays, but it's more in like modern rock, like post hardcore mixed with electronic. Also things like, like techno yeah. when, when rock was the mainstream, it was like, there was no autotune like that. Yeah. It wasn't like, allowed. You know? Like, and in fact it was more it was technological applause. as well. Yeah. It was very applause to just be off key. Like, as long as it was a good take, you know, you weren't supposed to be completely off key, but like, have you seen that meme with Michael Jackson where they're singing, we are the world. And yeah. like, it was, <laughs> there's like four different singers and they're just like really off. And Michael's like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, what was the one? Uh, was it Lionel Richie? who was trying to get to sing the line and Lionel kept singing it his own way. And Michael's <laughs> like, that, that was nice. That was nice. But like this. <laughs> but see, like that's that's kind of like the important part, because like when it comes to vocal tuning in the recording process, it's almost like you also had to like look at the performance as a factor of whether the tuning is helping the performance or taking from the performance too. Um, for instance, if you know they like their vocals more naturally, why would you tune them harder during the record process? I would, if anything, go drier on them just so that you can try to get them to push closer and closer to the note. So when you inevitably have to get them to the note with, uh, let's say, graph mode or Melodyne or whatever, at the very least, you're not going for these almost inhuman changes, you know? And I think that's kind of where, like, that relationship really needs to shine. Where, like, if you know, we all know an artist that just doesn't want autotune. But you know for the sake of the mix or the production, it's going to have to go on there. And and yeah, and and I think with good vocal takes, yeah. You can do very minimal tuning either automatically or manually with something like and it'll Melodyne. And be almost inaudible. Yeah, yeah, you can't tell, the artist can't tell. Yeah. Um and that's where you want to be. But if yeah. the artist is just not there, especially when they have the potential to be there, like if mm -hmm. they can't sing then you're going to have to you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Right? But but if they can sing and they're just like not to that high level, um, they they just they're just slightly off. Then you can get away with a little bit of tuning, and it won't suck the life yeah. out of it. Melodyne is great when you're really close. Auto tune won't even work unless you're really close. Yeah, like if you're not close, auto tune will will not correct the pitch to the nearest note. The nearest note you have to be near that note because it corrects to the nearest note. It doesn't correct yeah. to the right note. It corrects to the nearest note. It literally almost works as if it was just broken down math. Like, hey, if it's in the fifty percentile, then we'll go this way. If it's in the forty nine, it's going this way. Exactly. So um, that's why manual tuning is great because if it's like a couple semitones off, mm -hmm. then you can, or like a whole, like a couple <laughs> whole notes off, you can move it. If it's in the octave off, you can. Retune it. I mean, yeah. it'll feel really bad, and you can change the four mints, and you can change like but you a bunch might of have like a Pink Panther vibe, you know, whatever. But uh, but the problem is, is or not the problem, but the beauty is, is that you can actually use these tools and and keep what it, what did you call it? the character, yeah. the life force of it. You can keep it, and I think far too often people are afraid of it. Now let's talk about the expectations of the industry. Now that being said, um, we want to be careful with this because it's 
pretty subjective here. Yeah. Um, but that being said, if you are trying to sing a song mm-hmm. and the point of your the point of your band and your sound is not to be a bad singer, if that's not like the entire point. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm thinking of uh what's that band like uh Cake? Who uh they're like kind of like rapping, like like I not don't rapping. Know, but I just love the name Cake. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's oh, wait! Uh, Big skirt and a yeah. long, long short, short skirt, skirt and a long, long jacket. jacket. You know. Um. So anyway, so that's like the point of their music. You know, mm-hmm. you're not trying to tune that. Yeah. But if you're trying to be a singer, yeah, like there's a reason why even Ariana Grande, who's one of arguably one of the best singers in the world at this current hitting moment, whistle notes live. Right. And uh, yeah, or Mariah Carey. Right. Or like um, if even if you're one of the best singers in the world currently, Ariana Grande still refuses to work without autotune. Yeah. So she I mean, there's a sound, there's a tone, there's there's that level of expectation from the audience, from the listeners, whether you like it or not. If you're trying to be like a pop singer or a vocalist, you got to do some level of tuning. And I'm going to let you know right now that it's not embarrassing. Yeah. If Ariana Grande uses vocal tuning, then you, who probably sucks significantly more than her, <laughs> uh, are allowed to unashamedly use auto-tune or any sort of tuning. And the expectation is to do so. In yeah. fact, if you're trying to be a good singer and you're like too lazy to tune the vocals all the way, or if you're, more importantly, this is I think this is more the case, some people, like if you're n- unable to sing the right notes, you may not have the ear to tune your own notes. Yeah. Now, some people are able to tune their own notes, but unable to sing them, mm-hmm. right? But most, pe- I would say a lot of people that can't sing are have are not the pickiest when it comes to tuning their own voice. Yeah. So that may be a good time to hire uh, an engineer or producer to just tune their vocals. And you know what? Tuning, uh, hiring a producer and engineer to just tune your vocals can be very cheap. Yeah. Honestly, it's not expensive. Like I don't, I don't even think it ever surpasses any of my mixing rates or anything. Um, well, but, I'm thinking like it doesn't even have to take someone as high as level as us to no, or exactly. higher. It, yeah. t- it, it takes literally a lot of times if you find an upcoming artist who's a really good vocalist that knows how to use Melodyne and hire them, it's really cheap. You get the perspective of another creative versus another, like, I guess, technical creative. It could be a um, musician, it doesn't even have yeah, to be an engineer. Somebody with just a good ear. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's, you're not even affecting like tonality other than like the pitch of the note and maybe like. Yeah. T- not, you do want to clean it up before, though, a little bit. Well, either way, like the minimum effort of of doing the work to tune vocals is so incredibly important. I think it can make or break the song. Yeah, I think that. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, there's so many artists where the production is on point. Uh, even the mixing is on point. It's loud. It feels great. But then the vocal is out of key. Out, yeah. out of key or like just like slight like just literally two percent out of tune yeah it's like they're it's they're into most of the time but then it, it feels fucking lazy yeah i've had uh clients where um they say oh i want the vocal a little bit louder it doesn't feel loud enough and i'm just kind of like you know i didn't tune the vocal because like i wasn't asked to or anything but like if i turn this vocal up it's gonna be way too distracting so then instead of making it that much louder maybe one db louder but i'll tune the vocal because in my head as the mixing engineer i'm like 
there's a reason it wasn't too loud right now. So I'm going to go ahead and tune it. And then suddenly they're like, oh, this sounds even better. It's like, it might be the tuning that you heard. It yeah, might be and the this, tuning. this is coming from us. We do a lot of like pop music, right? Yeah. So, which is the singing in, then tuning is very, very important. I would also say that even for something like folk music, even you, rap. May, you may not, well, rap, <laughs> with trap and stuff, it's all just hard tuned, right? But um, I'm thinking like for like, uh, or just regular like rap. Regular like non, rap. Yeah, 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 that too. Um, but um, even for something as uh, as natural as jazz or even folk music, I still think tuning is important, just not in the same style. Yeah. For example, in pop music, you want to be like centered, like really clean pitches. Mm-hmm. With If you do a run in a folk song, and one of the notes in the seven note run is off, you got to fucking fix that sucker. Yeah. But that being said, most of the time, I mean, if, if that's yeah. the vibe, that's the vibe. Yeah. But um, I if would say Dwight that Shrew, if, I get it. If you can keep the, if you can fix that one note and if all the other notes, if all of the notes in a row, all seven notes in a row are slightly flat, that's cool. You can keep it that way, but like fix that one note. Yeah. Or maybe you center it just a little bit, but you don't have to go all the way. You can keep it sounding super natural and keep it sounding super live and real and authentic without being distracting. Now, I, yeah. I do think that dis- if it's distracting and you should find uh, someone like uh, an objective third party is great. Um, if you are singing, you you should not you should not be the one to determine this most of the time. Go find a producer. Go find a friend. Go find another member of your band or group or whatever. Somebody you trust. Yeah, and ask them, like, um, like, how's the singing here? Is it distracting? If it's not distracting to a musician, then it's probably okay. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the level... That's the level you should be thinking of. Like, because if it's out of tune, it becomes distracting. And what you're doing is is giving an out for anybody that's listening to the music to not pay attention to the music. Like, yeah. you're you're you gotta let people give the song a chance, give people the chance to enjoy the lyrics. Give, and there's a lot of really popular songs where the vocals are really off, but they're not so far off that it ruins the song. Yeah, and there is a difference there. So I can't think of other uh, a, a song that's so off that it ruins the vibe of the song completely. That's mm-hmm. really popular, other than like memes, meme songs, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's so typically speaking. Okay, in the mixing process, um, first off, um, I don't know about you, but I will as a mixer, m- tuning is not part of the mixing process. Mm-hmm. That's usually the producer's job. That's usually the recording engineer's job. That's usually if they're uh, like a vocal producer, whatever. That's not my job. It should be tuned before it gets to me. Yeah. But if it's not tuned good enough, I will tune it more just because, I, I mean, I can. I'm a vocalist myself yeah. and I and I want to give the best product. You know, mm-hmm. if my name's going to be on it, I, I want Yeah, you don't want it to sound like something you would not want to be associated with. At that point, are you really even putting your all into well, it? Well, my pride's not that big. I mean, I'm servicing the client, so if the client wants it to be off, but I, I will... Um, use my technical skill that I have sometimes on occasion if I deem that it's distracting mm-hmm. to fix certain notes here and there. To um, but that being said, response to that: if it's in a, it's a, if it's distracting enough to you, but the client wants it that way, then I'll be like, sure, whatever. I mean, but is it something that you'd really push on your portfolio? Um, it doesn't matter because my portfolio is so damn big that people are gonna not gonna find it anyway. All it doesn't right. matter. All right. Um, but it's like a barber, dude. Uh, I heard Young Guru talking about this in an interview. We always use like the barber 
um, analogy. metaphor, yeah, yeah, analogy. But this is how Young Guru mentioned it. He's like, if you're cli- if you're the barber and the client that's sitting in the chair wants a crazy ass haircut, that's stupid. You're gonna be like, as the barber, you're gonna be like, that's stupid. I think you're gonna look ugly. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. And then the client says, yeah, but I still want to do it. Now your job as the barber is to be like, okay, and do it anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see yeah. like okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Like as long as there's the communication of yeah, that yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it is your job as the service provider to be like, as a professional, I don't think this is right. Kindly. Yeah. Kindly. Yeah. I think this, in my professional opinion, I think this sounds better, but I'm more than happy to try your way or whatever yeah. the wording is. Ask ChatGPT to say that nicely for you, whatever. <laughs> um, but the point is, yeah. the point is you give that chance and if they still say yes, you got to listen to them. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know what? I hate to say this. I really hate to say this. But even when, the, when I think that the artist is wrong, mm-hmm. most of the time, like I would say like 70 to 80% of the time, it either sounds fine anyway or better. Yeah. Like it's only that 10 to 20% of the time where like my way was objectively better. Yeah. Um, I like to give people the two before telling them what I want to do just so they can hear it before turning it down. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in like turning in two options. Like, hey, this is a version um, where I tuned it really hard, and this is a version where I didn't. Exactly. Like, especially when I'm like mastering somebody's song, I'm like, hey, I felt like there was a lot of bass in the mix. Here's a version of the mix with like that taken down, but here's a, a master based around your mix. You know, um, just let me know whichever one you want. There's no extra fees or anything, but I thought I'd communicate that. That is a fantastic you know? way. We've talked about that in pre- previous episodes as well. Like, yeah. if you do a, a mix that's way too creative or way too different from the original, then duplicate it and do one where it's a lot less different. Yeah. Just in case and give them two options. Uh, you don't want to change their song too much. And, and, and I think that as a singer, someone overtuned my vocals or like changed my song or my production too much. Or they changed the character of the vocal through that tuning. Yeah, if it made it sound robotic, I'd, yeah. I'd be a little bit upset for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and what people find robotic is is fairly subjective. But yeah. that being said, um, if tuning vocals oftentimes is an effort-based thing, mm-hmm. the point is put in the effort, you lazy son of a gun. Oh, yeah. Put in the effort. And don't honestly, be lazy. don't be embarrassed when you're in front of somebody. Uh, I know that sounds cliche, um, but I think it was only like two years if ago that I really singer, started singing yeah. in front of somebody, and I suck. Like well, I know, fair, I actively know I suck. Like auto tune at zero is still sometimes not enough for me, and I I know that. But if it's just to get the idea out, and you're fervently against the use of auto tune, just understand it may just be the idea. Just get the concepts out if that's all, and then really now you have a reference track of where your notes should be. Well, I mean, to be fair, if you're embarrassed or nervous in front of a microphone or in a studio or in front of an engineer, you're probably not experienced enough. Like, that's like, Lou, you're not a singer. That's why you're getting nervous. You know, like, if you're a singer and you're getting nervous, that means you need to, like, practice being in the studio more often. Like, that is a skill that people learn. Like, I've never, Keisha Cole is, 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 uh, like. A real professional singer. It's great. It's, it's, um, um, she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's times when she's not, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, even then there's absolutely no level of embarrassment in no. the studio. We're getting this done. Even if I do like a horrible off take, we're just going to do it again. Yeah, it's not if a big you deal. tell most good singers like Keisha, like even when she's not, 
You just tell her, hey, let's get that again. She's cool. like, okay, cool. Let's there, go. There's no level of embarrassment. Yeah, there's level no of concern about like, zero. oh, that's going to take me more time to do another take. There's no concern of like, oh, but my th- voice. It's like, no, like if it's not the take, it's not the take. I don't want the take that's not the take. And this might be where like also setting expectations with an engineer. This is why oftentimes a lot of artists, including these upper echelon artists, have a personal engineers because um, these producers and engineers that the artist works with, they're kind of synced on expectations and they yep. like the way that like Lou, when, what Lou's level of acceptable is. And when, when Lou does says, hey, let's do this again. And when he doesn't say, let's do this again. And like, yeah. there's like a level of expectation, understanding that is acceptable. Um, and communication is good. Now we've also heard stories where <laughs> artists have been like, Hey man, stop talking. Don't you, you're just the engineer. Don't, don't yeah. you don't need to talk yeah. this much, you know? Uh, and that's totally cool. Sometimes you're just hired y- to push buttons. Yeah. And uh, you just got to make sure that you're, you, you read the room, right? You work with the artists and you find the clients um, and work the way that they want. That's important. They are, they are paying for the service. You, you are just the barber. And if they want a crazy ass haircut, you give them a crazy ass haircut. Just remember to be uh, considerate of unknown feelings. I guess you could say, if you just walk in the room and the first thing out your mouth, uh, assuming that you have that relationship with somebody is, wow, that take sucked. Do it again. You, you might've just psyched them out for the rest of the session. Yeah, never say <laughs> something like that. You yeah. Know, just be ones. like, Hey, that was actually really cool. Um, you know, let's get another one for safety. Just, uh, I just like Whatever. that one was cool. You know, like I, uh, I, I, heard, would, uh, I personally wouldn't lie. I just, I probably would just be like, yo, can we get that again real quick? Just yeah. like, that's all like, no, no preference. Yeah. It's like, Hey, that like, can we get that again? Yeah. No, I, I was watching a, a video on Instagram that Selena uploaded, um, a reel, um, about the song she released with Caden. And um, it starts off with like just a little bit of like chatter at the beginning. And one of the things I heard myself saying in it was, yo, that was actually really smooth, but let's get one more for safety. And you just hear Caden, yeah, all right, cool, let's do it. Oh, that's know? at the beginning of the track? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's not the track, but of the reel. It was like a oh, compilation video of oh, like them recording. I was like, I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, like Henry came out in the video too. I was like, holy shit, it's like a cast fold out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was just kind of uh, funny hearing that because I'm like, so that's what I sound like saying that. <laughs> there you go. And then, um, so anyway, so now let's get into, um, I want to talk a little bit about how I personally tune vocals. And mm-hmm. well, Lou, I'll have you talk about it as well. Um, but typically when I'm tuning a vocal, when I'm in a vocal tuning session, vocal production session, um, and I get a mix and the vocals are off and they're paying me extra for the vocal tuning or whatever. All right. That's a classic scenario. Yeah. Um, I will put, oftentimes I will put auto tune on the first insert and then now pro tools with the updated pro tools has, um, Melodyne built right into pro tools. So you can actually like automatically instantly analyze Melodyne will instantly analyze the audio file and it doesn't have to run through the plugin anymore. It'll automatically analyze it and then you can start adjusting notes and I will adjust the notes into the plugin. Mm-hmm. So I will uh, into auto tune. So I will adjust into auto tune. If there's something that feels a little bit off, then I will bypass auto tune. And I oftentimes while I'm tuning will bypass both to see what, cause if there's a, there's sometimes where like a note's so off that like, I just don't know what, the melody is supposed to be. So I'll bypass everything. It's like, okay, what does this artist sound like they're trying to do? Yeah. And then I'll do the closest note to what the artist was trying like. Yeah. But oftentimes, um, even after I tune everything with Melodyne, I'll put 
an auto-tune on the first insert very yeah. lightly. Like we're talking like 30 to 50 retune speed plus mm-hmm. with like 50 humanized. No flex tune. I never, I hate flex tune. I hate the sound of flex tune. Hmm. I don't, I don't yeah. like flex tune. And that's a personal choice. I don't like yeah. flex tune. Uh, but then um, we'll make sure that things are all centered and things sound good and, and there's no glitches and it sounds as natural as possible. Um, but I use both always. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, Typically, that's how I've been working. Um, everybody has a copy of my template, and it's in my PDF how I like to use it, which is a really funny thing because, like, that's what we're talking about right now. But I mentioned in the PDF um, and in the video, now that I remember, I do have a video on it. But um, basically, I keep Autotune as my second insert while recording at all times um, just because before uh, Pro Tools added the ARA compatibility, um, I always put Melodyne as my first insert, and it was always a post-session process for me. I never use Melodyne during a session. If they can't get it into auto-tune the right way, then it's not getting into the recording. So it'd just be bypassed or whatever? Or it just wouldn't record? No, it just yeah, wouldn't yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just didn't exist. I wouldn't add it I mean, that's going to make after. sense. I'm trying to think, like, how you would use Melodyne real-time. I'd, nope. <laughs> impossible. Yeah, that's yep. not possible. Imagine, like, yo, you, you, you know what? Let me get that take again. It's like, fuck, I got to delete that's it off the graph, <laughs> and I got to go into Melodyne and delete it off of that. Oh, that's the nice thing about the new ARA. Where uh, yeah, it's like once the you delete it off the thing, it it just takes it off Melodyne. I'm like, oh, yeah, thank God. Fantastic. I, I almost like married Pro Tools at that point. I was yeah. like, you finally did it. You There's son no of a gun, you way. finally There's did it. The new With the new Melodyne integration with Pro Tools, it's like that is literally the best and fastest way to do yeah. vocals. And if you have uh, like Melodyne Studio or whichever version you have, it, it actually upgrades to that version within it. So yeah. the cool thing is it's full featured. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but with that said... Um, you know, typically I'll track somebody with auto-tune in and I have my whole like grouping system and all that. So like if I wanted to treat backings as a separate tune group and all that kind of stuff, like I can just make them all the same speed and I'll try to hold the artist as best as I can to that. Um, if I need to actually like commit something down, I'll just duplicate a track, make it empty, copy that one region down, melodyne that one region and then slap it back into place. Mm. Um, but the times I've had to do that, I can count on a single hand. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I try to never use Melodyne while recording. Um, it's always a post-recording process, um, especially with Keisha. Like, it's kind of our common practice for us to where we just record, and if it's not to take, it's not to take. That's it. And then after the session is done, before I get to mixing, she always just like, all right, cool, do the Melodyne thing. All right, cool. And I'll just Melodyne all the songs be recorded for that day. I'll just send her a bounce to her phone, little MP3, and then be like, cool, how do you like it? She's like, oh, okay, sounds good. Then I'll get to mixing. Mm. Because to me, m- tuning vocals is before mixing at all times. Like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't sure. have to do it in the mix. But like you said, like, if you if you get hired for a mix, then it's like you obviously want it to shine. And I'm a big believer that your mix will sound better if you tune the vocals versus if you didn't. Um, it's just the way we hear things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I get sent a song where the vocals are so well mixed already that I'm like, there's really nothing for me to do outside of like correct a few notes. I'll send them back then. They're like, oh man, that sounds so much better. It's like, I didn't do anything. Well, with the idea of vocal production and vocal recording, we want to take a quick break on this episode and talk to you about our sponsor, Tegler or Tegler, Tegler, T E G E L E R. If you go to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash Tegler, our good friend Tammy. There you go. Then Tammy. Tegler Audio Manufacturing. Tam. Oh my gosh. Tammy's my friend. And then, uh, 
Uh, anyway, so if you go there and you type in the code MMPOD, not only will you get 10% off any of their hardware units on their website, but you will also get 10% off of their new plugin. That's just new. Yeah. So, um, And it's a sweet reverb plugin that's at this time of the recording has not been released yet, actually. But it's an emulation of one of their reverb units. Uh, Tegler uh, is a current sponsor of the show. They're fantastic. You've seen them a lot by recording, mixing, and mastering engineer. They're especially popular out in Europe. Um, a lot of their stuff is tube-based, and they even have a vocal recording channel strip, tube-based, where it's got a preamp, to preamp into a compressor, and they've even got stereo compressors. They've got VCA. They've got tube, very mute-type stuff. they got tube summing mixer. they got a tube fucking reverb, dude. They're, they're, That's nice. It's, they're a really cool company, really... Um, Great gear. And I have the Schwarcraft machine by them. And, um, dude, it's fantastic. Their, their equipment is some of the best in the world, and it's definitely worth looking into. And if you want 10% off, it's only through their website. You can't get 10% off through Sweetwater or any other company here. You can only get it off through their website directly when you buy it directly from the manufacturer. Again, the code is MMPOD. So anyway, um, going back to the... Uh, the idea with tuning here. Now, uh, also, when we tune the vocals, which is right before we start mixing, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, while I'm mixing, I'm not really caring for the tuning. I'll put an extra auto-tune on the backing vocal, dub, uh, potentially some doubles or like ad-libs or things in the background that matter less. Harmonies I put on tuning, and yeah. I'll go like hard too yeah. because you can't really hear the glitches when they're like stacked underneath as much. Yeah, I'll but, do it on like low octave harmonies. Like, oh, you get brick walled. Yeah, like yeah. there's something about it where you harmonies in order to be tight have to be in tune. Yeah. If it's a bunch of unison notes then it doesn't matter that much. Or if it's like a huge stack of like 20, 30 vocals, then it doesn't matter as much. But if there's like a lead vocal with like two harmonies, yeah. that's when tuning matters a lot. Yeah. When you have like 30, 40 vocals or a choir, it's, it's it sounds worse panned. if you tune everybody. So like, it's okay if people are out of tune, it kind of cancels each other out and kind of uh, goes back in tune. But yeah. yeah, if there's very few vocals, like between two to seven, I don't know, whatever, arbitrary number, um, then it's going to be more obvious when specific notes are out of tune. So yeah. um, just be aware of that. Yeah, honestly, when it comes to like backing vocals, aside from tuning, it, it's kind of like he said, like, oh, it's okay if they're a little bit out of tune. One of my favorite things that actually do just slightly put them out of tune is adding flanger to the actual bus. Like, if you have, like, a big old stack of vocals and you hear the flanger going off a little bit in the background, it's like, oh, they sit a little bit better deeper into the mix. It's like that depth kind of effect. But technically, flanger is throwing it off key a little bit, mm. you know? So it's one of those, like, you could tune it, but chances are knowing me and what I like in the mixes and all that, it's probably going to go slightly out of tune anyways. Mm. Like, kind of a, a redundant move. Yeah. So um, I think the point of this episode is take the time to tune, take the time to pay attention to the vocals, take the time to get good vocal recordings, even especially if you're recording yourself, um, and <laughs> be self-aware. And if you are unable to tune the vocals, and if you keep hearing other professionals saying that your vocals need to be tuned, you should probably hire someone out. And here's the thing. Yeah. This is an offer I'll give to our listeners right now. Lou and I know tons of vocal producers that are willing to tune your vocals 
for a fairly affordable rate. Oh, yeah. Including a couple of our interns. Oh, yeah. So if you are needing a vocal tuning, vocal producer, vocal tuning producer, whatever they're called, vocal tuning engineer, sure. Um, if you need something like that, DM us on Instagram um, or email us. DM us on Discord or type in the Discord chat. I will, Lou and I will personally link you up with one of our people that we can trust and you can handle, they'll invoice you, they can handle the payment on your behalf or yeah. you can you can just take care of payment with them and send over the files to them and they will do a good job. Yeah. And uh, we will make sure that we, we connect you with the right person to get that job done. Oh yeah. And that's something uh, that some of y'all may need. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, I do think tuning vocals is a skill that people get better at over time. Um, and I think that if you grew up singing, yeah, if you're, you are a singer yourself, um, there's also, a. you know, it's crazy mm. is that even again, like what you said earlier is that even if you're not a singer, but you're just like a really good guitar player, keyboard player. There's yeah. oftentimes the, some of the best tuners as well because they're yeah. not singers. So they're like, and they're like, wow, that singing was off. Yeah. So they're able to pay attention. So just be pay, yeah. just, just try out a few people, whatever, um, find the right sound for you. And, and we'll make sure we can connect you to the right people as well, based on oh, what yeah. you need. So um, that being said, I think that this is a good close to this episode. Is there anything else that you want to add or talk about mm. with uh, tuning? I'll add this. Don't overthink it. When you're recording, don't overthink it. Know the difference between the take and the idea. That's it. Just as long as you know that, if even if you're fervently against autotune, you can find a use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't over that's important because like part of me is like, no, you should overthink it. But if you are well versed, well practiced, then you should immediately be able to recognize that's not the one and then just do it again. You know, don't overthink it. Yeah, that's that's why it makes sense. Yeah. In a perfect world, autotune doesn't do anything if you know how to sing right. Yeah. So just saying, you know, don't, don't over, like you said, don't overthink it. Well, just... autotune only works if you know how to sing right. <laughs> yeah. Sing, sing, most people that say, oh, I know how to sing into autotune are actually saying, I know how to sing just enough off <laughs> yeah, to get yeah, it yeah. to do what I want, which is, that's kind of my territory. I can't sing on, so I know how to get it just close enough. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.